Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Radio. Welcome, friends. Uh, you're listening to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Matthew Ramsey, Wiley Coyote, Cheeseburger Life Coach, and Cornchella Provocateur. I'm Eddie Kim, proud DCist, and soon to be purifying myself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Wow, dude. He's committing to it. <laughs> uh, shout right out to whoever, whoever knows that reference um, Every week we share a shift drink and swap war stories From behind the line with chefs, chefs, bartenders, bakers and brewers And anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry This week we are joined by a longtime fixture in DC's bar scene And the general restaurant scene too uh, Monica Lee, she is the beverage director for the Daikaya group So that includes Daikaya, Bantam King, Icon Hatoba, which will be opening soon in Navy Yard. Uh, pretty much any named restaurant that you can't pronounce. <laughs> She's yeah, the beverages exactly. for her. Yeah. How heavy is that crown? That's a lot of places, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, I came into it uh, having only bartended before, not having been a beverage director. So it's very interesting to walk into it. And super to, super yeah. easy transition, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you feel you, you skipped a couple steps? Oh, definitely. Or, or, yeah. But maybe that's the best way to do it. Just get thrown into it, learn to do it your own way, yeah, and not uh, not do it the wrong way. It's like that Christopher Walken saying, two mice fell into a bucket. I'm not going to do my Christopher Walken. It sucks. But yeah, you know, the, the mice, they fall into the bucket of cream. One turns so hard that it's able to turn it into butter and get out. The other one drowns in the cream. Monica, you're the mouse that got out. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the <laughs> other one. <laughs> It's a, it's a Christopher Walken thing. Um, all right. <laughs> Moving on. I'm so glad I didn't actually do my Christopher Walken. It's, it's not good. Um, well, let's, let's dig in with a, a little week in recap. Stuff in the news. Yeah. Anything. What's going on? Um, last week, Matthew and I, we, 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 we went to Popeye's. One, two, three, four. Uh, Popeye's has declared a, a chicken war. Hashtag chicken war. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> With the release of its very new spicy chicken sandwich, we uh, did fall into it as we were doing research on other things. Yeah, we got we were lucky. Um, our friend Larry Weaver, who keeps his ear to the ground on all things, uh, I guess, fried chicken, let us know that this sandwich was released. And we it's good. And stop by. It's you, good. You you thought it was good? Yeah. Um, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what it makes up with uh, like totally has more of that crunch factor, but it also is lacking some of that kind of guilty flavor, which you get out of Chick Fil A. Uh, I think moral, that's the, the moral guilt that leaves a little bit. I of think taste that's. In a, I think it's been established as a sixth sense of uh, taste. Your mommy's the fifth. Uh, guilt is the sixth. Yeah. Either way, I, they call it a spicy chicken sandwich. I took offense to it. It was not spicy at all. I didn't but neither spice. is. I need. Chick-fil-A. I need more pickles. That's, that was my dilemma. I think that's a lot of people's problems. Yeah. Uh, Mara Judkis. She did a test, taste test, and came to the same conclusion. More 
pickles. Monica, yes. have you endeavored? You, no, I, no, I have never eaten at Popeye's, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. You are, we're, and we're, cl- we're very close to the best one uh, in D.C. Which one is that? The, uh, the Adams Morgan one. Because it's probably the newest one, probably the cleanest one. Um, but you are not alone. I know other people who have not gone to uh, Popeye's yet in your lifetime. Yeah. It's a thing. Maybe I'll go after the show. There we go. Yeah. Uh, although lines, people are waiting an hour plus for this uh, sandwich. Yeah, I was biking by. It was around 1130 and the place I will was say it's good, packed. but not that good. Um, You're really selling me on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fried chicken. I mean, more come on. pickles. It's fried chicken in a bun. More crunch. I don't understand. Um, what's up next? Oh, yes. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, this Tuesday, special anniversary. Yeah. Um, not my anniversary. I'm not married, but it it's is. Me and Eddie's anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> of what? Like Asian Glow Sundays? Yeah, a, a beautiful friendship. <laughs> we met at Room 11. <laughs> so Room 11 this is, is having their 10th anniversary. Joke. Eddie's playing a lot of inside jokes with himself right now. But you guys, yeah, you guys are, it's, Room 11 is turning 10, which is epic. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of bartending duos have come out of there, right? But I don't know. Duos. <laughs> Monica and I came out of there. Okay. Uh, Monica and I, we, we bartended there on Sunday evenings. Um, Affectionately called Asian Sundays. It, or it Asian, Asian, Asian Glow Up. Glow Up. Oh, nice. Yeah. I respect that. There's um, a hashtag in there somewhere. But this Tuesday is the 10th anniversary of Room 11 uh, at the corner of 11th and Lamont. It's been a fixture of the Columbia Heights neighborhood. For Will there be fireworks? That's what I want to know. Um, I don't know. There might be sabering of bottles, uh, which we love doing. Uh, there will be a lot of sausages, care of meats and foods. And it's, it's amazing to look back uh, and think about DC scene wise where it was 10 years ago when when room 11 first opened and where it is today mm-hmm. I mean Monica so you've been you've lived in DC for 16 years we were trying to do the math yeah yeah <laughs> I, I came to DC in yeah. uh, fall of 2003 yeah. um, and then you've been working in restaurants DC restaurants pretty much the entire time yeah started out part-time yeah. my first job so was... you're pretty new to the scene then is where you're <clears throat> yeah 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 <laughs> like like the mouse and the cream yeah, yeah still, still, <laughs> still, still trying walking out. back into this yeah um but i guess so you've seen the evolution of a lot of the bar scene here in dc and then like room 11 opening yeah and what was happening up there yeah i wish i had been there when room 11 first opened but i guess at that time i did you could you still smoke in bars when Room 11 opened? Oh, interesting question. Because that's uh, what no. I no. D- uh, no. DC was before Virginia. Yeah. And I think but it was shortly, I think it was like, I think DC was like 2000, 2001 maybe? Room 11 has always been smoke-free. Nearby <laughs> that's a Wonderland, question. I think. Yeah. They've been open for like 16 or 17 years. I want to feel like, it, like our society is so far past like smoking in bars, but like it's, it wasn't that actually that long ago. It wasn't long that ago. long ago. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. fucking crazy. I can still remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's like the bar scene that I remember when I came to DC. Yeah, so, so totally we're talking wild. evolution. Um, also, real quick, uh, in speaking of Minneapolis, uh, this is very quick. Not even a year after uh, Savior and Chef Andrew Zimmerman proclaimed his mission to save the souls of all people from having to dine at horseshit restaurants masquerading as Chinese food. Uh, he's reopened his controversial Lucky Cricket with uh, with little notice as, wait for it, a pan-Asian restaurant. 
Yeah, it's already so quickly that we've forgotten. Um, so I'll be going to Minnesota this weekend, and maybe I'll swing by and see um, what, I don't know, Bang Bang Shrimp looks like in his mind. How <laughs> the mighty have fallen. <laughs> um, and lastly, on the news front, uh, there is a GoFundMe page started for Matt Brown. Uh, he had a recent ER experience um, and has quite a bill. So I think there's a little bit of a, a charity fund started to um, help him with his medical costs. Um, it's a little unfortunate that we have to constantly do this uh, every every. I mean, it's it's something that we see more and more now, and it's it's there's a there's a lot of holes in the, this industry that allow us to kind of fall through it. And yeah, and, and, and it, it was you can say it's bad timing. Like he lost his insurance because of a restaurant closing, and there was no gap, uh, and so we are constantly, very frequently living within those gaps. So help a good guy out. Definitely uh, go check out his GoFundMe, Matt Brown. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk shift drink. What are we uh, what are we drinking? This is very complex. Monica has a very unique shift drink. Uh, yeah, it speaks to my sophisticated palate. This is Hennessy. Neat. Neat. My favorite thing to have <laughs> after a shift. Uh, Where did this start? This started, I think, when I was working at the Shepherd, and oh, when oh. we took it over, it was still part of. The, uh, the the nightclub next door, so we had lots and lots, lots of Hennessy to go through. Yeah. yeah, that was our that was our real cognac. Yeah, that's and amazing. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why are people hating on this? I mean, I now I understand why there's so many songs that that are about it. It goes down so smooth, and we're we're drinking yeah. it out of snifters. Yeah, I've got my uh, spikeado here. It's it's pretty fucking awesome. So it just stuck. You, it's more than just the making cocktails with it. It's it's just an the, enjoyable the, experience. The the, exper- <laughs> the the tradition of yeah. of drinking it while there's a booming nightclub next door and having your shift drink. Yeah, brings back some really nice memories. Okay. Well, it actually does. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you want to tell us a little bit about your time at the Shepherd? It was it, it was just before you started working at Daikaya and after you were at Room Eleven. Yeah. So yeah. I I started working at the Shepherd because uh, David Strauss. And I had met at Petworth Citizen. Um, he was the bar manager there at the time, and I was serving. And he decided to open this cocktail bar, very much the style like of uh, Sasha Petrasky. Wow. And I had never heard this name before. I had never bartended before. And the whole concept just sounded really cool. And I was lucky enough that he took me on as a disciple. Nice. And I remember making my first few drinks. They were just totally garbage, but I thought they were awesome. Uh, what? What? <laughs> do you remember what they were? Uh, I mean, it was like a whiskey sour or like a gimlet, and but I'd never properly learned how to make one. Sure. And I was like, this is this is ethereal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what magic just happened? Uh, but. Now I think if I were to have the thing that I made, I'd be like, this, this, is not, this is not good. I mean, if we want to get really nerdy about it, the Petrosky method, I think it's what some people call it, like, let's like the whiskey sour, for instance, like where, break it down. I know you can break it yeah, down. Yeah, so yeah. So a, a Petrosky whiskey sour, uh, a traditional one, is made with an egg white and uh, two ounces of whiskey, three quarters lemon, uh, three quarters simple. On a shaking on a big big rock. <laughs> it's amazing how easily that just pours out. <laughs> but like I, 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 we've talked about this, and it just kind of expands into this entire tree of, of of variations on it. But then they all kind of get distilled down to 
the single origin, like the daisy. Yeah. Which is, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's 12 or 13 basic families of cocktails in that, in that program. And as long as you know those, then you can basically make any drink. And there's specific language that goes into it too. So like, um, something that is, uh, golden includes an egg yolk. I believe, hmm. and David's going to kill me if I got that wrong, because I haven't had to make a gold in anything in a long time. <laughs> uh, just for our, our listeners, and probably also myself, Petrosky. I'm, I'm actually not familiar with that name. Sasha Petrosky, one of the forefathers of the American Revival yeah. Renaissance cocktail movement up in New York mm-hmm. with this bar, Milk <clears throat> and Honey. Milk and Honey, Attaboy. Um, basically, they, they kind of started that speakeasy trend. Right. A very dark bars. Mm. Yes, dark. <laughs> that's very a dark, dark bars. bars. <laughs> we'll leave it at dark bars. Very uh, dark bars, but, but uh, at a really high level of service. Sure. Not pretentious. Yeah. I think it was Sasha who said the program is built on humility and ice. Ah, and cool. Like, and it just does away with all the egos that yeah. most bartenders have these days. Sorry, mixologists, right? Mixologists. Yeah, yeah. we love okay. it. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> star tenders. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Sasha is no longer with us, but. Uh, he lives on. But Asara lives on, yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. His golden, uh, golden dreams. Um, well, should we dive into a little two, two truths, truths, one lie? So one lie. Two truths, one lie. Nice. Can't stop that train. Okay. Also, wait, hold on. I, before, can I have some more Hennessy before she lies to us? <laughs> I need to re-up my sniffed. We're also we're we're pouring from a, a like a, what do they call hip flask, hip flask, flask. Uh, multiple people a compl- big hip flask multiple people that we did not know complimented us on our our, our choice of having Hennessy on the uh, on the table prior to the show. They it's a like, classic. It, yeah, people just respect uh, the Hennessy. Moves. Well, I mean, it's an image thing. So we're just we have a hip flask of Hennessy sitting on our table. True grit. <laughs> all right, all right, so all right. Wrong with it, Monica. Back to you. Okay. Um, Better than White Claw. Two shoots on a line. So, I cannot drive. Okay. My first tattoo was a uh, dragon tattoo. Tramp stamp. Okay. In college, <laughs> where all bad mistakes okay. are made. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not had a hangover in six months. Uh, I believe that one. Uh, yes, because you, you you shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> I do. Oh, my do God. You? I drank so much last time. So, I met Monica for the first time the other night at the pop-up at Room 11. Yes. So this is, I don't know anything about you, Monica, except for what I've researched and what I've asked Eddie. She's Asian. I am Asian. That's so, the truth. Which makes you kind of want to steer away from that first one. <laughs> she does. I feel that's like a that's trap. A, I feel like that's a trap. <laughs> I feel like that's a trap. <laughs> I know you're on the keto diet right now, and we'll get into that, but I feel like that probably has something to do with the hangover situation. Yes, yes, yes. She, uh, she has mentioned that to me. I have insider knowledge, so I can probably um, parse this out. And then Eddie, I don't know. I, she does have tattoos, but is there a dragon tattoo in the mix? You, uh, 
I think you do have a. I think I remember saying that you do have a dragon tattoo. I don't think it's a tramp stamp, <laughs> but you do regret the dragon tattoo. Oh yeah, you said you got it, and like you don't even give a shit about dragons. Oh no, that's no, that was Ed. That's Ed. Ed Cornell, <laughs> one of our other guys. We're, we're blending our uh, dragon <laughs> tattoo stories, but his was like a very highly coveted situation, which got him out of a kidnapping. Oh right, yeah, it saved his life. Still amazing. Definitely go check that one out. Oh wow, wait, I want to know about this. How, how did that save his life? Uh, he was down in Mexico. And he was just drinking with the wrong people, and he was ready to die. Yeah, he if got not, if not for he, they got kidnapped essentially, and yeah. like were bound at a, on a chair, as I remember it. And they they got talking about dragons. The guy was like, "I fucking love dragons," and then they like were able to like kind of get out of it. Yeah, he showed off his dragon tattoo. Yeah, double dragons. The, the oh. Ed all right, the all right. we got to choose. Uh, the dra- I'm gonna say the dragon tattoo is the fall is the false thing. Yeah. Okay. That is the false. Yes. Oh, oh, thank fucking thank God. God. Okay. Such a relief. I don't even have a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, it's amazing. I, I, I continuously find out about unknown tramp stamps in my life that I, I did not know were a thing. Can we? I will not reveal names, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I could, like pretty recently I found out about a, a tramp stamp that was like, oh, I had no idea that was down there. And it, and it continues to happen with people in France. Is that a term that we still use these days? I, I feel kind of weird oh, saying is that. Is that not PC? I don't, it's yeah. A, it's, I mean, you're just kind of, you know, doubt, calling someone out on some kind of promiscuous behavior, uh, yeah. right? So I like, guess so. Lower back tattoo? Back stamp. Back stamp? A yeah. strumpet stamp. Oh, a strumpet stamp. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. So no dragon strumpet, uh, but you can't drive. I cannot drive. Okay. I've driven with Eddie numerous times. I'm surprised he didn't uh, just immediately... Or Eddie has driven me numerous times. Right, driving, yeah. driving Miss Lee. Driving, <laughs> driving Miss Lazy. Wow, nice. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that movie. <laughs> um, and then, oh, and then you have not, you've, you've not been hungover, which yeah, is, it's a correct. feat. That yeah, keto, it's amazing. I didn't know that this would happen doing the keto. So you've been stuff. keto for six months. I have. You know, I'm attempting. Are you in the keto, keto zone right now? No, I'm not in ketosis. What did right you have now. for breakfast this <laughs> morning? For breakfast this morning, I had a fruit sando made by the amazing Masako Morishida of Otabe DC. But I was just going to be like, I'll have a little corner. You know, it won't throw me out. And it was just so good. It's I too, ate the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically white bread, whipped cream, custard, and fruit. Yeah, I'm a little angry because they're yeah they were out of the were fruit out of, sando yeah. when I was there, and and now you're just having them for breakfast willy nilly. Uh, there was in a, the in the keto zone. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a pop up at Room Eleven this past weekend. Um, yeah, that's Japanese definitely a shout out. So, that was really fun. Yeah, uh, Monica and I, um, you know, in our dynamic not, bartending duo. Yes, bringing back the Asian glow up. Um, <laughs> appropriating Japanese culture in our own ways. <laughs> and uh, we had a Japanese pop-up at Room 11. Uh, we'll have another one in two weeks on Friday and Saturday. And this, was, this was the second installment of a three-part series. Oh, wow. Yes, trilogy. Trilogy. Um, yeah. and, and Masako is the third part of our tripod. Yeah. She's the glue that holds that together. Um, right. She's serving... The okonomiyaki sauce. Japanese yeah. soul food, essentially. Uh, yeah, soul food, food, street food, comfort mm-hmm. food. Uh there was some sochu. There was some uh, High balls, sake, sake, um, domestic sake. Um, that I like to. That's really cool. Bring around. Yeah, yeah. Eddie drove down to Charlottesville and brought back a case of American sake. Classic overachiever. <laughs> uh, next is probably going to be Brooklyn. We should talk about when we're going to Brooklyn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie will be driving, right? Eddie right. will be driving. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> His little car to go. <laughs> no yep. better way just to throw you in, you know. 
mice and mice and milk. Maybe we should just have you drive up to oh, New York. Yeah, well, I do have my driver's license. It, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, speaking of the, the Jap- so speaking of the Japanese pop up, the one thing that I think you really focused on and you chose the selections on is shochu. Yeah, shochu is something I'm really passionate about. I didn't know what it was before I started working at Daikaya, but it's very uniquely Japanese. It's it's a distilled spirit made from basically any type of starch, most commonly barley, rice, or sweet potato, but they bring it down to proof, and it's just like really cool thing that can taste either very light or very savory, funky, umami, and you can just drink it all night because it's usually only 25%. It's low ABV. Low ABV. May I I caveat that this is different from Korean soju, Mm, which is also distilled spirit, distilled from rice, but it's different from shochu. Yeah, shochu is... uh, Soju is fortified? Uh, Can be. Soju can... They they add a lot of stuff in there Yeah, I think they add like sugars and flavorings and... Shochu though, however... So we were were talking a little bit about this before the show and trying to... I was trying to like figure out what actually... Because... If the grains are ambiguous, like if you could do rice, sweet yeah. potato, barley, whatever, like what makes shochu shochu? I, I believe it's a koji. Okay. Yeah, which is the, it's a scent is really a mold. Yeah. But we like to say bacterial enzyme or something less yeah, scary. Yeah, sounds way cooler. <laughs> that that activates the starch and uh, turns it into something that the yeast mm-hmm. can ferment. Right. And then they eventually distill it. And then depending on the kind of koji, it will. Yeah obviously vary the taste and exactly. then the the base base grain right. or sugar and this is something that's generally not used in western fermentation because they it's they use readily available sugars right. to ferment right but um the japanese and asians in general just want to take it one step further yeah. Overachievers. and turn everything into sugar but this koji also adds a kind of almost a savory element to it yeah so there's three commonly used types of koji white black and yellow uh i believe White is the most commonly used. Um, I know yellow is very rare, and it adds this kind of fruity element. Black, I think, just adds more funkiness. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Just, so you can have one type. You can Let's say you're making shochu from sweet potatoes, but depending on which type of koji you want to use, it, you can have totally different outcomes. Completely alter it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, I mean, this is the highest i mean highest selling spirit in japan yeah it's the most popular even more po- well i think it's on par with beer okay but it's more popular than sake for sure and whiskey uh which i think is still regarded as like an old person's drink oh, shochu is is the blue collar for the masses everybody drinks it you can you can put it in a cocktail you can put a highball drink it neat on the rocks whatever yeah they they make canned chuhai and chuhai is just a portmanteau of shochu highball, but they, they they put it in cans out of vending machines. It's so cool. So is 2020 going to be the year we see shochu integrated more into? Um, I mean, you're on the front lines yeah. at a Japanese restaurant trying to push shochu. Is it, are people taking it up? Are you yelling at an empty room? I think people are are open to it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that people ask for yet, unless they've been to Japan. Sure. But I try to educate people as much as possible. Just like, oh, you're drinking this. Have you tried this thing? And for the most part, people are really open to it, and they think it's cool. And even if they don't like it, they can at least 
say they've had it. Right. We did an event a couple months ago with the Japanese embassy and our friends at Young One Trading, where we did a big shochu event, uh, and we invited a lot of uh, great DC mixologists oh, to nice. work with shochu <laughs> and sick plug. Yeah, turn turn it into a, a really into their own cocktails, and they were all amazing. Cool. They were paired with dishes from other well-known chefs around DC, and it was this big event, and I think it was really successful. Yeah. I mean, can we talk about? the Japanese embassy itself and I've noticed that their tone is changing as a, when it comes to the approach of Japanese spirits and drinking. I think they have to be. Yeah. Um, I, I guess embassies in of themselves are kind of fusty, fussy, musty, fusty. fusty. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of protocol. So, when you have an event at the embassy, you think you have to be all formal and it's just going to be some traditional stuff. But the last one that I was... Were, were you there, Eddie? The, the food and agriculture one? The shoju one, yes. Not Okay. some of the others. All right. So the, mm-hmm. that was the first time they had American whiskey actually ah, poured okay. at the embassy. So everybody made a big deal out of that. And that was actually from Charlottesville. Oh. Yeah. They were pouring the, the North American... Sorry. Did I say whiskey? Sake. Sake. Sake, North American sake. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I think the Japanese people were like, this doesn't taste like sake. Right. But the non-Japanese people were like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to it's different. unpack there. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are about, what, 50 domestic sake producers here in America? Oh. 55? Uh, there might be more. Uh-huh. So I... <laughs> this is a. Qu- I'm going to plug myself right now. This is a, a thing that we are probably going to discuss on September 4th when um, there's a webinar being hosted by the North American Sake Brewers Association, and that is a trade organization for all the North American sake ah, brewers. Cool. Yeah, and I think there's. I feel like the number is almost a hundred, oh, or it's okay. more than fifty, um, or. It's growing. I don't know. It's growing. It's growing, yeah. and people are interested and. At least to me, the the benefit is is that you don't have to deal with import import tariffs and taxes, and so you can actually get sake that's at an affordable price. Except I think that's a huge barrier. Yeah, that is true. In a lot of restaurants, you're you're into the teens already at mm-hmm. some of the baseline sakes, and once you, once you if you want to try a super premium sake, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And another cool thing about the domestic sake is that uh, they're for the most part unpasteurized or only pasteurized once i think the equipment hasn't quite made its way Mm -hmm. over here right so it's a lot fresher than a lot of the japanese sake that's imported here well i I think it's always interesting too like i mean we're we're starting to see people hack uh the highball machines uh, in the u.s to use you know american rye and you're, you're seeing this thing that was made very japanese and and then you get american ingenuity kind of changing it again and and then I don't know. I feel like the ball kind of keeps getting tossed back and forth, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is it us appropriating Japanese culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> per se? Uh, like hacking the sake and hacking the highball machines and just hacking everything else? Or is it just a natural I think it's building. Yeah. It's that appropriation. No one's... I think it's an exchange of ideas and, <laughs> yeah. and tastes and flavors. And I mean, we can we can talk about you know whiskey in the same way where... This was not something that actually existed in Japan that they very much dominate now in and like made their own. And you know, I think it's just, a, I think it's a cultural exchange. Yeah. 
<laughs> people, people, it's happening a lot more quickly. I mean, that the the whiskey, ex- the, the movement of Scotch to Japan. Yeah, that took decades, nearly a century actually. Well, yeah. we have the, we have the internet now, man. Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. We're, oh. li- we're living a fast paced life. Can I go on a side? Um, uh, for yeah. anyone who's been to Japan, I, I, it's been a bit big pet peeve of mine the internet here in america sucks <laughs> but when you're in japan oh my god the internet is so fast and you can get it anywhere we were very yeah. spoiled over there monica have you ever been to japan i have i went three or four years ago for three weeks and it was one of the best trips of my life how did like yeah how did it affect you because it's it's so starkly different than our our day-to-day yeah it's yeah uh well, I guess I have to preface that saying, so I'm not Japanese, yeah. I'm Chinese, so, and I was born there, so I grew up being around Asian culture sure. and huge metropolitan areas. So like, being there, the culture shock was a little bit less than, say, if somebody came from rural Minnesota. Hey. <laughs> I, so I, I lived in Japan for two years, and I, I was literally coming from Omaha, Nebraska. That was my, like, I went from that life to Tokyo. And it was, I grew up in the suburbs here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry, go ahead. But yeah, I don't even, and it's not even a, a population density thing. It's, it's a way, it's your mindset, which is, it's like this uniquely Asian thing versus American. And it's hard to describe. It's a lot to unpack right now. <laughs> yeah. But I think most people know what I'm talking about. But it touched me because I just couldn't believe how efficient and Everything was got, was running, but at the same time, everyone was so friendly and helpful and just just beautiful. And like they will bend over backwards to help you, even if they don't speak any English. And it's, I don't know, they're they're monsters over there. But which wonderful. apparently is not like Boston. <laughs> Boston got rid of the the second least friendly state in the or Massachusetts got rid of the second least friendly state in the U.S. recently. Who is the least friendly? Uh, I didn't get that far on the list. <laughs> 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 I you just I, stopped at like like. I have just a lot of friends click. from Massachusetts, so they're all kind of posting about it. But you know, I didn't actually click through. Should we take some guesses? Is this New York? No, I, I think New York's friendly. Honestly, I think they. I mean, I think people bend over backwards for their people in New York. I don't know. Or Philly? It's probably Philly. Uh, it could be a Philly yeah. thing. I could see that. Oh, I've heard that before. Uh, I'm from Philly, so I can say that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Fine. laughs> I'll take a stab, California. How about that? Um, well, let's take a quick step out for a second. Uh, you're listening to the Shift Drink on uh, Full Service Radio. Uh, we have Monica Lee. I'm Matthew Ramsey. I'm Eddie Kim. We'll be back. track you're listening to during the break is by artist keto k-i-e-d-o for more information visit us at fullserviceradio.org Don't you like my time, man? Young Gucci mind, and I'm popping off the time, man. And my tank's a bit so fruity. Got me Gucci mind, or you call me Gucci Gucci. I came to the club, just to close my time, man. Catching all the joys, and I'm going to the side. 
All right, thanks for coming back. You're listening to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio in the Line Hotel in Abs Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm with uh, Matthew Ramsey, uh, and we're joined by Monica Lee. And we're uh, drinking the Hennessy. And we're drinking lots of Henny right now. We're Anything halfway down this bottle, this hip flask. <laughs> we'll Which, it's a hip flask, so it's not good. Matthew has an unexpected day off, so he proclaimed quite vehemently right off the bat that we're going to finish this bottle by the end of the day. I don't know. By the end of the, the show. Chal- can we get a, a challenge sound effect, Alexia? Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> welcome back, Alexia. She took a summer off. Uh, Alexia is celebrating her first day of school. Back to school. Yeah, uh, it's my first day of school doing shots of honey. <laughs> um, thank you. What's your back to school outfit? Uh, yeah, I'm wearing one? I'm wearing like a utility dress from Vans. <laughs> so so her school, she's doing this full time. She's uh, working at the station full time. This is her school. Yeah. She's doing the, the school of hard knocks as we... Uh, mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Great. Great. Well, happy to have you back. Thank you. I'm happy to have you all back. Uh, We're expecting big things for this coming season. But, uh, yeah, so we're drinking Hennessy. Um, Monica, we were talking or texting uh, recently about one of your pet peeves. Is it a pet peeve? I have lots of pet peeves. Um, This one would be White white Claw. Oh, White Claw. What was your, please tell us, what was your idea for um, what you wanted to do with White Claw? Uh, I really want to make a, a spoof beverage called White Flaw. Nice. And it'll just be LaCroix with some real nasty vodka. In it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And it would be low calorie? Of by, course. By and gluten free. And, gluten. and keto. And. Uh, I think if you, if you. Vegan. Yeah. If you burn, if you if you actually cook the vodka first before adding it to the uh, to the seltzer, it loses all of its calories. I think that's how it works. What? You just cook off the alcohol. That does no. Okay. Anyways, uh, why? Why? Uh, what about White Claw? What do you think of the White Claw um, explosion that's happening these days? As it pertains to, let's say, a woman who is running multiple bars. <laughs> I think it's it, it. As with all trendy drinks, it. It makes it too easy. Uh, Does this mean you're also against the the pre-bottled Campari soda? I guess so. So (laughs) she's drawing the line in the sand here. (laughs) As as we just talked about the whole like me coming up through um, the Sasha Petrasky way of bartending. Like I I take a lot of pride in what I do. And I think most bartenders do. So when you have these pre-bottled cocktails and that, that create this kind of cult behind them, it, it, uh, it in some ways destroys the the thing we work so hard to do, which is create a a drink that is specifically meant for that person. That guest. Yeah. Where would but Zima fall on, on the in the line spectrum? It's making a comeback. It definitely is on the. It definitely is on that spectrum. Um, but what <laughs> if, you know, kind of taking a line from Sasha, you said humility was a big thing of our time. Of course, yeah, and and that's why I, I don't want to say it's a pet peeve. I think it's just me talking out my ass. But <laughs> I mean, but it, it is a thing. I don't know if you've seen the video recently that was put out there. Uh, it's a really funny video about this guy that has one white claw, and then it's suddenly summer of twenty nineteen. White Claw. Wait, what? There's a. All right, we'll, we'll have to post about it later because it's it's really funny. Uh, it's reminiscent of like the the de- like the shit 
people say things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but now bartenders are putting it, they're stocking it behind the bar. They are. But, it sells. It. I can't blame them for putting something on that people want. Cor- that's just, that's just Corona crazy. apparently is worried. It's cutting into their sales. Oh, wow. This is like the summer beverage uh, yeah. sales market. It's totally... I, I think... As bartenders, we just like to talk trash about it, and I—it's easy. It's I, an easy mark. It's no, fun. no, but but bartenders are actively embracing it now as part of their. Well, bartenders always latch onto the weirdest fad thing and yeah. and, and, and like hold onto it with a with an iron fist. Um, so bartenders are just crushing cans of White Claw as if it was ironically cool. So is but is it ironically cool just because it's so popular and? basic dare i say it's basic it's uh basic. we actually we had, we had our first hard seltzer on the radio with uh with the with the, the dc sharp guys yeah dc sharp it was a grapefruit white claw yeah. which we had i that was man they are ahead of the time i had no idea what the hell they were drinking i went to the giant i embarrassingly bought a six pack um but i guess it's a thing yeah it's a thing it's yeah and now in denver they're, they're doing a fizz fight which is the first ever hard seltzer festival and tasting competition is this going to be the uh the beginning of the craft seltzer uh, movement oh we're in the thick of it i think <laughs> I, i've already tasted so many really there's artisanal craft there, uh, there is hearts. oh my god yeah i've had so many distributors be like well i have this now and these different flavors and this one's horchata flavored oh, like, oh my yes. god <laughs> i'm into yeah. it yeah i'm ready what would you be? What would be your signature, Monica Lee hard seltzer flavor? Ooh, something with kefir lime because I got to be a little fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, you had a really awesome highball that I had the other night with the with the green tea. Oh yeah, thank you. How, how did that, that? I feel like that had some. That that was uh, that was the mizu green tea and soda with an orange twist, and th- that's not even mine. I can't take credit. The the guy who made mizu told me about it because the green tea shochu has these really cool chocolatey elements to it, and it basically tastes like a, a chocolate orange. It was so fucking soda. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's really like surprising because it's it's yeah it's clear and yeah. and then you yeah uh, it. it it's just one of the most simple drinks, and that was kind of one of the goals of the pop-up was to have these highballs that were not cocktails. Yeah. It's like we don't call them cocktails, we call them highballs, and that's and they're meant to be incredibly simple. Eddie, Kim, does the hard seltzer, does this fall into your lazy omakase? <laughs> Adam, oh gosh, I wonder what Adam would say. Can we call him up? <laughs> ring, ring. Well, what, uh, Monica, you used to work with Adam. I at St. X. At Saint X. Many, Saint many, X. many, many, many years ago. Yeah. So what would Adam say? Adam being our very first guest on Shift Drink way back in the day. I think Adam would be very gracious and <laughs> <laughs> change the subject, maybe. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe he'd uh, uh, start talking about cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. White claw, cat claw, I don't know. Ah, that's that's definitely a pop up in the in the right there. How about lemon peels? Lemon peels. A white claw cat lemon twist cat cafe. Oh, oh, we're gonna go there. Yeah, well, you said you had a story. Okay, so this is my embarrassing come up in the restaurant industry story, and I was working with Adam Bernbach. I was a server at Saint X at the time, and they had uh, one of those garnish trays. What What was the year? This was two thousand. 
five, maybe. Okay. So, so I was definitely downstairs dancing okay. in that sweat pit. It was 2004 or five. <laughs> I wasn't even 21 yet. I was a baby. And they had this garnish bin at the service pass and with like all their pre-cut lemons and limes and olives and stuff. And a martini comes up onto the, the pass and the servers are supposed to garnish them themselves. So I grab a, a lemon slice. It's not a wedge, it's a slice. And I take it and rip the flesh off with my teeth. <laughs> nice. Because I have to put the, the, peel, the twist part on the drink. And Adam just looks at me like, did you just put that in your mouth? <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> and I pause for a second and I say, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, sorry, can I have another one? <laughs> and uh, I was forever shamed. I'm, I'm still shamed thinking about it now. So that's a one and done thing. This, this wasn't like a habit that you had already formed and then just got caught in the act. Oh, no. I had, I had formed this terrible habit okay. at my previous, <laughs> previous employment, which I will not mention. Uh, it's not in business anymore, but uh, yeah. The old, the old mouth twist. The old mouth twist. Yeah. So if anybody was drinking martinis up in uh, Friendship Heights in 2003, you might have gotten a mouth twist from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> Uh, we all have these kind of weird come-up stories. Yeah, very much so. Matthew? Uh, I, I, I talked a little bit, I think, when, when Sam was in. Uh, but there was, when I was at Sally's, we had some cake that needed a basil whipped cream. Um, I grabbed the wrong green uh, puree. It was, what was it? Green Goddess. <laughs> and I whipped Green Goddess into the, uh, into the cream all night. People were coming back for this fucking dessert. But it was garlicky and herb, like herbaceous. It was it was green goddess, and uh, it was getting served on this cake as dessert. And it wasn't until I was like cleaning up at the end of the night that I realized my my error. Oh, so you, no one even called you out on it? Oh, I mean, but this was a very tiny, everybody at the restaurant that was like working definitely called me out on it. And they had nicknames for me for at least a month, and yeah. What was your nickname? I forget. Oh, that was something dumb like green goddess, probably. <laughs> um. What about you, Eddie? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I've, oh I've had my like God. horrible. Don't play the guy no, either. no, I'm not a perfect. <laughs> I was a perfect for a server. Oh, maybe maybe you can talk about why there's a moratorium on uh, flaming garnishes at Room Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't. This is just me being stupid. I don't know if it's, <laughs> it's a no, learning we're all, moment. We're all being stupid. If, if I could, I would lift that moratorium and burn the place down by accident. Hey, by the way, it is a 10th anniversary. <laughs> I will resurrect a Maybe there'll be flames on they uh, let me too. Tuesday, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a time when I thought flaming garnishes on cocktails were great. They are still great. Um, but there's one called the Cafe Brulee, which is an old like pre-prohibition cocktail. Um, you might see videos of David Wondrich um, doing this drink down in New Orleans, but it involves coffee and several high-proof spirits and liqueur in a big cauldron, you light it on fire, and then you take an orange, you peel it. With your teeth? With a <laughs> <laughs> That's a Monica Lee special. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you peel it all the way around so it's a spiral, and then you ladle this flaming liquid over the orange as it co- and it spirals down the peel, and it infuses it with orange oils. Cool. It's a delicious drink. It's like a basically a hot toddy punch with orange oils. Um, 
Yeah. I spill a lot. It's, it's a difficult skill to learn. And did you light the bar on fire? Is that what we're... I lit story? a bar mat on fire. This the story just keeps on growing in size. Like someone's gonna say, like I lit the roof on fire at some point. <laughs> I lit the I lit a bar mat on fire. They're plastic. They're replaceable. Which means um, it's a tiny place. I'm sure the whole place smelled like burnt rubber. Oh no no! Bar people were like, oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> so if you want to impress people with white claw, you just light it on fire. Oh yeah. A flaming white claw, white claw cocktail. Ooh, that sounds good. I like I'm that. into that. Well, let's let's move to our our, our final segment. Yeah, we can, I want to talk to you about your cat. But uh, well, let's talk about cats then. Monica, you just got a new cat. I just got a new cat. Well, I'm fostering say. a cat for six months, and it is like that's that's sticky wickets. Because how do you say goodbye to something you? I know. Well, yeah, I I know what I'm in for. Okay, but but it might turn into a permanent thing. Okay, okay. But uh, this this was like a dream come true because I. I always wanted a, a Bengal cat, and oh. a friend of a friend just happened to be needing a new home for his, and now I have this two thousand dollar cat. That's wow! Sweet. Is that is that Bengal cats go for that much? Is that what? I don't, yeah, if you get them from really breeders, I think yeah. Cats. They are hypoallergenic. They are hypoallergenic. I'm severely allergic to cats, and I haven't had a problem. You never yet. said you're severely allergic. I am wildly allergic. Well, no, I'm not going to die. I'm not like my girl bee sting allergic. That's a great reference. <laughs> That's a great reference. <laughs> Uh, my oh. girl now in deep. Uh, wow! Any excuse to kill off Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, do they? I mean, I'm I'm dumb about cats. Do they, do they actually? Do they look like a tiger? Or do they... yeah, they look like miniature leopards. Oh, They're sweet. awesome, and they 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 act like dogs. So this cat, I she just came to my apartment yesterday. Okay. She's got some of her toys, but she's in a totally new space. Her owner's gone. And I think most cats would just hide under the bed all day, right? She's she's just out playing. I had a bunch of people over my apartment last night at like four a.m. She comes out. Party. Yeah, we all just like hung out with the cat. It was great. My cat, when it gets nervous, licks its just belly, and it just, <laughs> it's just hairless. Like when it's like going through stuff, it just has like this almost glossy sheen to its tummy. <laughs> it's it's really weird. Oh, Oscar. Ah, but it's it's all growing in now. We're good, but. All right, now. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out to the cat. Thank you. Uh, now a little thing we call rapid fire. Time for the payback. Rapid fire. That was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that you're on um, keto at the moment, um, ramen or soba? Oof. I'm, I'm going to go with soba. Ding. Ding. Um. All right. Last. Uh, <laughs> You're speechless. I know. I'm trying to figure out. Do I go Keanu Reeves or Brad Pitt? We're gonna go Keanu Reeves. Favorite Keanu Reeves movie. Oh, The Matrix. Okay. Good. <laughs> Matrix Four coming out. We posted about it on our. I'm, you, I'm, you I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, use the, I'm gonna <laughs> use the Royal We, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we posted about it on Shift Drink. Uh, Keanu's coming back. Carrie Ann Moss is coming back. Apparently, it's going to be going back in time because I don't, I don't know. He, he died. I don't know. You didn't see it. Okay. I just Wait, want to see it. I, I've only seen like, the <gasps> first one. I know. I'm not a movie person. Okay. So, so no, no spoilers. But yet, you chose The Matrix. It's a good choice. Yeah. Um, red pill or blue pill? <laughs> I don't understand this question. No. Monica, what was Blue pill Viagra? Is that? No, the, in the movie, in The Matrix. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh. 
Red pill or Viagra is what I was asking. <laughs> Robitussin or Viagra, please. Cherry Robitussin. What was your first job, Monica? <laughs> I worked in a library. A library? Yeah. Oh, I worked in a library and I worked for my, my friend's dad's DJ company who did private events like bar mitzvahs and Jewish what, what was your job as a DJ assistant? I did the, I set up all the equipment. Okay. And sometimes I would sit in the synagogue video AV room and record the service. Sick. Yeah. I've, I've sat through a lot of bar Did you zoom in and zoom out? I did. Oh, yeah. wow. Power. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of power. In sometimes that. I zoomed, or not zoomed, I, I panned the camera. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> do you still do bar mitzvahs? I haven't been asked, but okay. I probably could. I'm, I'm, listeners, know that this service is available. Monica's services are available. Just bartend your bar mitzvah and your bar mitzvah. Yeah. Oh, for, for available well, for weddings too. Yeah. Thirteen-year-olds. Yeah, they're adults now. They can drink. It's fine. Um, what's your favorite bang bang meal? Back to back meal. Ooh. I'm gonna go with. Tail up goat, nice one. followed by by wings from Bantam King. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, I still have not tried this soft serve ice cream. By the way, I'm just gonna go off the oh with the chicken, chicken in s- it. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. God damn, it sounds yeah. so good. It's so good. What is it, Matthew? It's it's oh. vanilla soft serve ice cream with uh, like chicken caramel, chicken fat dripping. Like- Oh. Caramel sauce oh. and, and a wing and a wing. Yeah, yeah. They put the wing, the wing in there. Yeah. People yeah. ask for uh, vegetarian versions. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are dumb. <laughs> um, what was your first kind of go-to teenage uh, alcoholic beverage of choice? Oh, I did not drink until I was eighteen. Okay, and I had. Is this before or after your 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 uh, DJ gigs? <laughs> This was way after. I was DJing. Wow, you were sober DJing. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Head of times. I had five shots of absolute vodka Mm. in my then boyfriend's garden shed. Nice. Because I was like, this isn't working. I don't feel it. So I had five. (laughs) And then I got real sick. And then my mom picked me up. And I uh, got home and immediately threw up in the sink. That was my one teenage alcoholic experience. How was I mean, like? Did your mom kind of nurse you back to health through the hangover? Or was it was it tough love? No, no. She, I don't think she never found out what happened. So okay, um, she was just like, "Oh, did you just get really sick for six hours <laughs> yesterday? Because <laughs> you went to bed and didn't get up and you didn't want to eat and everything was really loud and yeah. annoying." Yeah, exactly. When did your parents find out that you actually did drink? Did you say did did, did drugs? Drink, did did drinks? drinks or drugs? I, I think they still don't think I drink, even though they know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, parents. Because oh. I talk to them on a weekly basis, and they're always like, oh, how's, how's your job? How are things? You're not, you're not drinking, are you? <laughs> no way. Really? Is that a question? <laughs> yeah. They're absolutely serious. Eddie, do, you, your, do your parents? They know I drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, Excess- I think do, I think do the they moment think you drink it excessively, or like, so two two incidences. Um, freshman year of college, I came back and I had a small stash of my f- friends. I call said my friends is mine. What am I saying? Um, pot, and they found it, and that was a whole incident. Um, lots of crying. 
but the whole drinking thing, I think they found out that I actually uh, drink um, senior year. There was a big like dinner. We invited our parents. It was for during graduation, and like I got drunk in front of my grandmother <laughs> just off of wine. They're like, "Oh, I guess you drink, Eddie." Okay. So they don't. They don't add. They don't. When I talk to them on the phone, they don't say, it's "Like, are you drinking?" It's more like, "Just don't drink so much." Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, my, I, I first got busted for, it's, I hate the fact that I got busted for this. Uh, it was Bailey's Irish cream. They had like noticed it was missing out of their cabinet. <laughs> and like, I, a few of us had decided to, I think I've told this story, but a few of us had decided to like make boozy milkshakes before going to school. And like, it's a lot of fucking dairy, man. I didn't, and like very little booze and I didn't get drunk or even like, Toast. Nothing happened except for like dairy sickness, and then I got grounded for weeks. That's very cute. It's very it's no, adorable. it's dumb. It's, it's so adorable, Matthew. All right, um, and I'm going to start ask, what is your deathbed meal? Fruit sando. No, <laughs> no, really? <laughs> it but was just, really good. Just one bite. Uh, I don't know. I think probably because I've been doing this keto for a while, it's just going to be a giant bowl of pasta. How, so how, how does this end? How does keto ever end? <laughs> I don't know. Who, who's going to die? Is there an end game to keto? I think, I, think, I think Eddie just said it when I die. <laughs> and I ate the giant bowl of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually not, yeah, you're, it's literally your death at meal because you're, you're eating it for the purposes of going out. <laughs> yeah. It's death by pasta. Well, okay. Um, well, this kind of leads us to the very last question because this is my... I came up with this Mary fuck, kill question. Fuck. Mary. Kill. Who came up with these <laughs> sound effects? By DJ Rectech. Thank DJ you, DJ Rectech, for hilarious sound effects. They're so hilarious. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, did my, I, fuck, Mary kill. What are you going to break your official keto... I mean, you, you, you're not 100% keto, but when you actually finally break the keto, mm-hmm. when you leave the keto zone, <laughs> as Matthew likes to say. Yeah. Um, fuck, Mary kill, ramen, pasta, or pizza? Oh, wow. So I'm sorry, you said soba, so I'll say soba, pizza, or pasta. What kind of pasta? Like Tail of good pasta. Tail Just good pasta. <laughs> the biggest bowl of whatever pasta. And never-ending string of spaghetti. That's weird, right? It's a long noodle. <laughs> it's a long noodle, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... Oh, man. This is so hard. I guess I'm fucking the pasta. Mm-hmm. She's I'm fucking the, the pasta! Yeah. Because then I'm going to die afterwards. And then I'll marry the soba. And, oh, my God, I'm going to kill the pizza. Oh, poor uh, pizza. Poor pizza. Never had it's a chance. sad it's time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's official. Uh, Monica, thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been a been blast. Fun. Thank you for introducing us to the wonders of Hennessy. <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not quite done with this. We're not quite done. We're getting uh, close. Thank you for joining us this week, listeners. You can revisit this week's episode or previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts, including Spotify. And find us on all social medias as at ShiftDrinkDC. Don't forget to throw us a review on iTunes or Yelp because we really need them. Yeah. Please. We want to be the the lowest so you don't have to be, essentially. (laughs) 
Nice. Uh, AOC coming on next week. Yeah, what are we talking about with AOC? Uh, I think it's about just being another acronym in the city of... Uh, of acronyms. Acronyms, yeah. Crushing it, yeah. Also uh, industry stuff. But uh, yeah, tune in next week. Uh, until then, thanks for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>